Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be unsettling. Deep late. accolade your new your new winning oh (laughs) you're like what did i do wow these plants are really just not good it's uh, mm, it's bad it's real dry it's real bad up there well i tied for in a twerking contest this weekend let me tell you i was (laughs) sitting in my parents at my parents' kitchen table, like at their dinner table eating dinner, <laughs> and you text me and said, I just won and sent me a video. My dad's like, who's shaking their ass like that? <laughs> like, that's hard. He's like, why is she sending you videos of her shaking her ass? I said, because I'm proud of her. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, she won. She won what? The ass-shaking competition. I don't know, Dad. They told us to get on stage, and then they said that's what we were doing. So, they did it. Let me tell you, if there is anyone that, if, like, the world was going to end, and they said, we need to call one person (laughs) to throw their ass in a circle, it's always going to be you. I was always impressed by your ability to throw your ass. I'm never going to a drag brunch again. She's still recovering? Yeah. It's Tuesday. (laughs) That was Sunday. (laughs) So, that's what I need to to work on myself <laughs> <laughs> she made some decisions she is still regretting yeah and it's Ooh, okay we could turn the lights on Shuang. nope all right no we can't no we can't <laughs> so we'll just get right in it i guess let's let's dive on in because this is different Ooh, i love it because <laughs> it's different and when i was in college i had a class called states of consciousness okay it was good and we talked about aliens, um, flow state, meditation. Oh, no. Now we're good. So one thing I always thought about was near-death experiences. We had a um, chapter on them. Okay. So I just pulled the Wikipedia definition because um, I shouldn't be giving that definition yeah. of my own brain. You know, Wikipedia is the most solid, it was solid. information source. No one can adjust it. Not even... <laughs> If you happen to believe that agita is when you eat too much mayonnaise and go in the sun. Who thought that? Your sister. Oh, my God. And she didn't. So she's that she wholeheartedly believed that. I also, for for reference, I convinced her that um, <laughs> Sleepies was like a hostel at night and let homeless people sleep in the mattress stores. Okay. So just so you know what we're working with here. Um, but Lindsay was convinced that agita is a, a medical diagnosis when you eat too much mayo and go in the sun. So this was like early 2000s. So I went on Wikipedia and I changed the definition, because you can do that. I changed the definition to agita of when you eat too much mayo and go in the sun. So then she was telling people like, look, no, it's really this. <laughs> I wonder how long it took for them to notice that one. It was a couple, I mean, she had a good 
probably five conversations about it. So it was a couple weeks before someone else looked it up and was like, this is not That's right. For not- <laughs> a doctor was like, um, let me revise. <laughs> but a near-death experience is a profound personal experience associated with death or impending death, which researchers describe as having similar characteristics. When positive, such experiences may encompass a variety of sensations, including detachment from the body, feelings of levitation, total serenity, security, warmth, the experience of absolute dissolution, and the presence of a light. When negative, such experiences may include sensations of anguish, distress, avoid, devastation, and vast emptiness. Don't like that. No. People often report seeing hellish places and things like their own rendition of the devil. In the U.S., an estimated 9 million people have reported a near-death experience, according to a 2011 study in the Nalls of the New York Academy of Sciences. Hmm. And most of these near-death experiences result from serious injury that affects the body or brain. Okay. That makes sense. I had a friend who's, I'm not going to say who, but her dad had a stroke and he, like, saw the devil. In his... The devil? Yeah. See, like, I've heard about people being like, yeah, you know, I was like half in, half out, but I've never heard of anyone be like, yeah, no, I was sitting with the devil. Yeah. that's scary. And this is when you're not supposed to have any brain activity really going on. So, and near-death experiences have been reported since the ancient times, and the term actually came to fruition in the 1890s, like, it started coming to fruition anyway. Okay. When people started to think about it more. When a French psychologist and epistemologist was studying climbers and what they called life reviews when they had serious falls. Oh. They thought they could be religious experiences or just hallucinations. And people still think that either or to this day, kind of. Okay. So that's when they started to really study near-death experiences and see them in a clinical way. Hmm. But the actual term near-death experiences wouldn't be coined until 1975 by a psychiatrist named Raymond Moody. And this guy's studied these since the 1970s and he still does to this day like you can go on his website and he has like tons of information on them really like he dedicated his life to this i hope in the best way possible that that man gets to experience one right like you dedicated your life to this i don't want you to see the devil over but, like i want you to yeah over 50 years he's been doing this so and there's also commonalities in these experiences and again right from wikipedia so Ajita is so people will often not all of these but they'll all have some of these right so a sense awareness of being dead chip got a new toy if you hear that sorry about it i'm not gonna take it or he's gonna start barking um a sense of peace well-being and painlessness okay and a sense of removal from the world or an out-of-body experience a perception of one's body from an outside position Sometimes observing medical professionals performing resuscitation efforts. Oh, okay. So, like, you're watching them do CPR on your body. Yeah. A tunnel experience or entering a darkness, sense of moving up or through a passageway or staircase. Hmm. Rapid movement toward and or sudden immersion in a powerful light. And it communicates telepathically with the person, this light. An intense feeling, yeah. Intense feeling of unconditional love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Encountering beings of light, being dressed in white or similar. Also, possibility of being reunited with a deceased loved one. Hmm. Euphoric environments, receiving the life review or seeing your life flash before your eyes, and approaching a border or decision by oneself or others to return to your body, often accompanied by a reluctance to return. So, like. You're loving it so much, you don't want to go back. Okay. 
suddenly finding oneself back inside one's body, connection to the cultural beliefs held by the individual, which seem to dictate some of the phenomena in experience and near-death experience, and meeting the dead and hallucinating ghosts in an afterlife environment. Hmm. And you don't have to experience ever, every one of these to have had a near-death experience, but these were the most common. And according to the, Nas- the National Institute of Health in a study called Near-Death Experiences and Evidence for the Reality, so a guy named Jeffrey Long wrote this, and he said about 17% of people who came close to death report having a near-death experience. These experiences happen when a person is comatose, unconscious, or clinically dead which is theoretically a time where it should not be possible as there's, like, no brain activity. Mm -hmm. And most people who have a near-death experience think it's more real and lucid than their everyday life when they're conscious and awake. Hmm. And they're the most common in cases of people going through cardiac arrest. Okay. And after 10 to 20 seconds of cardiac arrest, there's no brain activity or very little measurable brain activity. And patients usually have amnesia about the whole event in general. So how are they reporting having full-on, long, memorable experiences while they're in such a state? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. And another phenomenon associated with near-death experiences in cardiac arrest patients is the ability to observe and recall what is happening around their physical body while in an unconscious state. So that's the out-of-body experience. Okay. About 45% of near-death experiences report that element. Oh, that's weird. I know. And usually the person is above their body, and they can report seeing their own resuscitation, like I said, and give details about it that they shouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. And there have been multiple studies done comparing those who have had and not have had near-death experiences after being brought back to life. And the people who had them could recall their resuscitation accurately, while the other group couldn't. Huh. And there have even been studies performed on near-death experiences with people who are blind and being born blind that they've been able to recall details. So now they can see? Yeah. yeah. So now they can see. Yeah. Weird. The following year of the experience happened to Marta, a five-year-old blind girl who walked into a lake in hers. Oh. Oh. Yes. Terrible. So this is what she said. I slowly breathed in the water and became unconscious. A beautiful lady dressed in bright white light pulled me out. The lady looked into my eyes and asked me what I wanted. I was unable to think of anything until it occurred to me to travel around the lake. As I did so, I saw in detail what I would have not seen in real life. I could go anywhere, even to the top of trees, simply by my intending to go there. I was legally blind. For the first time, I was able to see leaves on trees, birds' feathers, birds' eyes, details on the telephone poles, and what was in people's backyard. I was seeing far better than 2020 vision. Weird. It's so weird. And the fact that children report having near-death experiences in and of itself is interesting because they don't have the same life experiences and biases that adults have that would be able to kind of explain it, right? Yeah. So they don't have any established religious beliefs or a solid understanding on death at all. So it's interesting and fascinating that children report having similar experiences to adults. who Without even knowing what to call it. Exactly. And in this line of thinking, do other cultures have the same experiences? Like I I kind of saw in my research, like mental illness, like schizophrenia, their hallucinations can be influenced by the person's culture, kind of. Yes. And religious hallucinations are common, and they're often in accordance with what the region's dominating religion is. Okay. 
And I say that because near-death experiences have been studied all over the world, and people seem to still have similar experiences regardless of where they live. Like, interesting. It's somewhat cultural, but they still have a lot of similar elements. So that's kind of spooky also. Well, yeah, because like your vision of what heaven or whatever comes after is going to look different. But if everyone is saying essentially they got to a place of peace that is after whatever they were doing. Yeah. That's weird. So it seems like they're not pulling from their environment all the time. And I'm not an expert on mental illness, obviously, but I wanted sure. to draw. <laughs> but I wanted to draw the comparison because I thought it was possible kind of proof that they're not just hallucinations, I guess. Yeah. And I found another account of an elderly blind woman who had a near-death experience following cardiac arrest. Okay. This is from Near-Death Experiences, Deathbed Visions and Past Life Memories, A Convergence and Support of Van Lommel's Consciousness Beyond Life, John C. Gibbs, PhD, The Ohio State University. Sorry, it's scientific, so I want to, like, quote their studies properly. So, these people um, reported the recollection of the elderly and blind woman who suffered cardiac arrest during her during her stay in the hospital where this professor was the chairman of the psychiatry department okay. so he said she was unconscious as the resuscitation team tried to revive her according to her later report she floated out of her body and stood near the window watching the resuscitation she observed without any pain whatsoever so they thumped on her chest and pumped air into her lungs during the resuscitation, a, pel- a pen fell out of her doctor's pocket and rolled near the same window where her out-of-body ex- out spirit was standing and watching. And the doctor eventually walked over, picked up the pen, and put it back in his pocket. And then he rejoined the frantic effort to save her, and they succeeded. And a few days later, she told the doctor she had observed the resuscitation team at work during her cardiac arrest. He said no, and re- was reassuring her, you were probably hallucinating because of anoxia which is lack of oxygen to the brain, mm-hmm. that can happen when the heart stops beating. And she said, but I saw your pen roll over to the window. And she described the pen and other details of the resuscitation. And the doctor was like, what the fuck? And she had not only been comatose during the resuscitation, but she had been blind for many years. The whole fact that they can see now is wild to me. Like, I guess I've gotten past the concept of like near-death experiences, and I just accept that that is something that probably does happen. Because there's, like, this weird liminal space between, like, we're here, we're not here. There's got to be, like, an in-between, right? The fact that they can see is really <laughs> what's, like, blowing my mind That's right why now. I included two of those, because I was like, what the hell? And the person who performed the research noted that the cardiologist was still shaken days later when he told the researcher about it. And he confirmed that everything the woman had said was accurate. That's so crazy. And there are some theories to explain your death experiences that I actually pulled off a PowerPoint from my college course that I found from <laughs> Thanks, years ago. Professor. It was taught by Jennifer Lake and she was really great. She was a ther- she was a psychologist herself. So the physiological hypothesis was that it could be elaborate hallucinations, like I said, produced by medications, metabolic disturbance, or brain malfunction. Okay. But some people who report them had no medication or malfunction. Hmm. So, and brain malfunctions generally produce clouded thinking, irritability, fear, and that's not going with it either. Yeah, it's not usually like a place of peace. And visions of delirious people are often of living people. And people who have had both hallucinations and near-death experiences say that a near-death experience is more real than a hallucination. Wild. 
Yes. Also, what a wild little bracket of people to be in. Not only <laughs> have you experienced full-blown delusion, but, like... Yeah. You've also had a near-death experience. Yeah. yeah oh, man, like, what are you doing with your life? You need to out calm of those down. two Venn diagrams <laughs> cross over, yeah. It's I gotta didn't... be a small group of people. Like, you you need to calm down. I didn't even think about that, either. I'm like, whoa. So electrical currents in the temporal lobe can also produce out-of-body experiences, floating sensations, being pulled towards a light, hearing strange music, sensing profound meaning. Okay. And the most common experiences of participants are dizziness and tingling, and they're not characteristics of near-death experiences. Okay. So it's very interesting. And then there was a dying brain hypothesis, and I think, like, the ton- like they had the same kind of characteristics of a, ne- a near-death experience with different mechanisms. So there were noises, tunnel and light, peace and well-being, re- release of endorphins, f- or frightening in- experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and the life review was there as well. And some people think it's the afterlife, right? Yeah. And most experiencers believe some part of them separated from their physical body and experienced an introduction to the afterlife. Okay. And some cross-cultural similarities are hard to explain with psychological psychological or physiological processes and like out-of-body experiences could tell you things that were going on while they were unconscious and um no one with a near-death experience has been permanently dead but some aspects of the dying process are similar so okay that's kind of what their theories are but none of the theories like are completely solid either like they thought it was like i said they thought it was loss of oxygen but the symptoms of that aren't really in line with a near-death experience. So Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? I would like to think that near-death experience or not, after we're done here, it's not like just someone shuts off the light and closes up shop because that's not a terrifying thought to me, but just like my brain can't wrap itself around like, okay, you do everything that you've done for the past 35 years and you wake up one day and it's just over. Yeah. So I do think that there's something in between. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the something looks like. But for them to, like, see and be able to tell exactly what was going on. Wacky. It was so wacky. Mm-hmm. So wacky. Yeah. And, like, a lot of those things you wouldn't want to relive. Like, resuscitation, like, CPR is violent. CPR is really violent. But so. they said she didn't have pain during it, too, yeah. which was interesting. But, like, it's it's not something that... You want to see yourself being done. Yeah, so if you're going through... Like, if you're able to recount exactly what happened, that's wild, because that is... Like, th- they say in CPR, if you're not cracking ribs, you're not going to save them. You're not so. doing it right, yeah. yeah. So, that was something a little bit different. That is diff. That's cool. It's very cute. Yeah, and there's, like, a collection of stories online. You can look at a bunch of them if you're more interested, too. There's also, like, movies specific. I think they're more, like, I don't know if that's even a genre, but, like, Christian movies that, like, are more faith-based, but they all filter around this, like, near-death experience, like, concept. Um, It's failing me right now, but I watched one about a girl that fell into, like, a tree. Hmm. Like, her family had, uh, I forget what it was called, but her family had, like, a, an old tree. It was, like, an old southern house, and they had, like, a tree that the middle had 
deteriorated but like the outside was still there and somehow she made her way into like the middle of the tree and then something else had happened and she was like half dead not dead but same thing she was able to she's in this tree but she's able to give like (sighs) so then my sister went and did this and my dad went and did this but she's like dead in a tree oh my god yeah i forget what it was called if i remember i will put it in our notes but yeah so i guess that would be a near-death experience yeah yeah sure yeah but it is interesting that regardless of like their the religion the experience is all similar. similar. It seems to be pretty similar across the board. That's so. where it gets real spooky too. Yeah, I I agree with that too. So that was my that was my thing for the day. That's cute. Thanks. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>